Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Aaron. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes one of us doesn't eat or drink water for 25 hours and then is really loopy the next day. Shana Tova, everyone. gonna go with the romans probably okay because the second temple would still be there and there'd still be goats getting sent into the wilderness while one gets slaughtered otherwise i guess maybe hashem is to blame but indirectly the romans well, no, and I, then hashem as a former norse pagan i too enjoy blaming the romans so we're good there okay we'll just continue <laughs> to blame the romans Damn Romans, what did they ever do for us? Who wants roads and aqueducts? That's true, and the system of writing. The, the various kinds of, of commerce that they've introduced. This is literally a bit from the life of Brian. Probably. No, I'm not saying probably. It's literally a bit from the life of Brian. I haven't seen that movie in like a dozen years, so I'm going to take your word on it. Neither have I, but I still remember it being a very good bit. Well, yes, that whole movie was good bits. I think that the best, my absolute favorite bit that they did was how there were all different kinds of insurgent groups in Judea that didn't agree with each other and hated each other over like Really petty bullshit because it's exactly what leftists are like. Who would have thought? Apparently, a bunch of Oxbridge educated fucking weirdos. Yeah. People need help, just fucking help them. Doesn't matter if they read a fucking book. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, like, it's, it's the Letterkenny philosophy. If someone asks you for help, you help them. <laughs> yeah. That's literally all it takes. All you need to know. So anyway, wrestling. We want to talk about... Uh, so I had a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. You had a couple of things you wanted to talk about. We want to start with All Out? Yeah, we can do a recap of All Out. Go over our predictions. Okay. I would love I to think, do that. I think I mostly remember. We'll find out as we go. <laughs> okay. So, who did we predict for... The BFFs and Jurassic Express versus the HFO. I'm pretty sure we both said BFFs and Jurassic Express. I think we did as well. So let's talk about that match because that was the buy in match. Yep. And oh my god, this was a PWG match. It was <laughs> or, yeah. absolutely in that sort of semi serious style. They did a chain grapple in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not quite, not quite as good as 
the technique of the chain thumb in the ass, followed by Jushin Thunder Liger doing a conga line, and then <laughs> hip-tossing everyone with his butthole. All because, as a leader of his team, he couldn't stand to see that happen to his own guys, so he mm -hmm. volunteered. Mm -hmm. And then it just happened to them anyway. Mm -hmm. It was an incredible spot. <laughs> but yes, no, PW, very PWG, very, like... The kind of wrestling that doesn't take itself so seriously and is mm -hmm. therefore enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And it's... we also thought that this one was going to end the feud between these groups. It has not. It has not. <laughs> we seem to be on track for a hair versus hair match between Orange Cassidy and Jack Evans, maybe. Or it might be Matt Hardy himself. I'm kind of confused on the whole thing. Hmm. You know, it's it's just one of those, like, they need to do something different with the Hardy family office than what they're doing. Yeah. And yes, the Butcher is back. The Butcher's back, baby. He looks amazing. Yes. I'm I glad. definitely miss him. I, I, same. I am glad that he is healthy. I'm glad that he's back. And I'm glad that the Butcher and the Blade get to do cool stuff again. Like powerbombing people into a neckbreaker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are very fun to watch. And mm -hmm. it's clear that the tag team division kind of needs someone like them. Yeah. It feels like the tag team division is bogged down in a lot of like weird little petty feuds and then they have these eliminator tournaments yes which is still one of my absolute favorite things that aew does we, we need a challenger for the paper just do a tournament okay <laughs> but like also the way that they came up with the name eliminator tournament as like yeah. a joke because you're not allowed to call it a tournament you have to call it an eliminator is very classic vince mcmahonism <laughs> it's okay it's it's that same kind of like taking it's or in, in a sense it's actually the opposite so like one of the things that Scientology does oh goodness is particularly in his writing L. Ron Hubbard regardless of what you think about the actual truthfulness of Dianetics he has a propensity to take words that mean something already and give them new meanings but not explain the fact that he has done so yeah wwe has a propensity to take words that mean something or, or take concepts that are a thing and then rename them for the sake of just renaming them yes eliminator is a classic example sports entertainment like it's championships instead of titles or belts or straps. Universe I'm... instead of fans. WWE Universe superstars instead of wrestlers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that said, I think championship is fine. Championship, championship is, is the fine. absolutely least egregious one of those. It's the removal of everything else. Yeah, no, like the world tag team title or the world tag team championship. The same feel, it's just the refusal to use non 
company-specific jargon. Anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. The Best Friends versus... The Best Friends in Jurassic Express versus HFO was a fairly fun match. We got the Butcher back. The good guys win, and now the feud, unfortunately, continues. Yeah, because... It just doesn't end for some reason. It feels like the programs that they put the HFO in and then they put Team Taz in all kind of go just a little too long. Yeah, it's like you hit the point where you think this is where it's going to be decided and we can move on from there. And it just kind of doesn't. That said, building up to an Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy match is fine. It just could have been done a little quicker. Yeah. Still a respectable match. A lot of fun. Wheeler Yuta didn't get pinned, so he didn't have to get choked out for that this week on BTE. No, but he did get choked out on BTE anyway. We'll get to that soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So going into the pay-per-view proper, we started off with Miro and Eddie Kingston, who I think we both said Miro was going to win, but we, but we really didn't want wanted Eddie. Yes. Yeah. This was a very, very, very good match. Yeah, this was two big, strong guys going in there and just hitting each other for 10 or 15 minutes. It was... Uh, it, it it had the feel of big meaty men slapping meat. Mm-hmm. It had the feel of relitigating the Great Schism, apparently. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is always a fun one. To... Well, I forget, had Redeemed These Nuts happened yet when we did our stream? I don't think so, because I'm pretty sure I don't sure think so either. I think that was up. a Rampage thing. Yeah, like we literally stopped the stream when watch Rampage and heard Eddie Kick to say, My man, redeem these nuts. <laughs> so basically, Miro says he is God's favorite champion, God's chosen champion, which mm-hmm. is, as far as I've been told by Gentiles, a very. Eastern Orthodox position to take on religion. Yes. And the very Catholic Eddie Kingston comes out and says, my God doesn't like you. My God doesn't like your God. So they have basically the schism between the Eastern Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church happen again in wrestling. And it was kind of weird because a lot of people read that as Eddie Kingston being an atheist. But Eddie Kingston, the man who comes out with not one, but two rosaries and kisses it before every match, mm-hmm. is not an atheist. Which made this even better. Yes, it was literally just the Great Schism again. Yep. So yeah, and in their brawl on the Rampage before the pay-per-view, Eddie had been saying in his promos, like, he found the weakness in Miro's armor with his neck. Because mm-hmm. that's what Fuego did. He hit the Tornado DDT and almost beat him. Yes. <laughs> it was exciting. So, so, 
Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. It's okay. So during that brawl, like he hit him with a DDT and an exploder, and he looked overjoyed when Miro didn't get back up. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. like, "Yes, I was right." <laughs> yeah. So this match was very much Eddie Kingston targets the neck. Miro just mm-hmm. tries to get him into game over, basically. Yep. A part of how this match played out that I think makes it a really good match, but also kind of makes it a horror match, <laughs> is the way that things played out with the ref spot that they did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, like, basically what happens is the turnbuckle pad gets ripped off by accident and there's a couple of spots where it's like trying to throw each other into the turnbuckle it doesn't happen referee Bryce Remsburg if that is his real name god yes it's his friggin real name (laughs) referee Bryce Remsburg if that is his real name goes to try to put the turnbuckle pad back on while Eddie Kingston hits a DDT and has Miro pinned for like a solid three to five seconds before Bryce comes over and starts the count. Miro kicks out at two. Yep. This is a spot where Bryce put himself between the turnbuckle, the exposed turnbuckle and Miro, who was about to be thrown into it by Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston comes to grab him for another move and Miro hits Eddie with a low blow. Mm-hmm. And then scores his painted victory with I think it was a Machka kick? Yep. So this match was just It was so perfect in that you get the bullshit finish to get Miro to keep going. So Eddie doesn't look, he doesn't look like the weaker one coming out of this. Eddie won. Eddie Eddie won the match. match. But the ref being distracted, and this wasn't outside interference either. It was ref distraction by an in-ring event that he had to take care of. And it's just... None of it felt... Ah, it's so good! (laughs) It's very good because it didn't feel like bullshit. Yes. It... As much as it was bullshit... It was bullshit, but it didn't feel the way that, like, a typical bullshit match would feel. Or, like, a bullshit finish would feel. Because Bryce was doing his job, Eddie was doing his job, Miro might have cheated a little bit, but, like, no more than a heel champion would... Yeah, like you expect from a heel champion. And it just, it felt like it was a good way to put a button on that feud for now. I still think Eddie Kingston will make a phenomenal TNT champion. He has to get another shot now. We know Eddie can win this match. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just... We predicted Miro would win. Miro did win. What grade would you give that match? Grade or then, stars? I'm going to have to give it a solid 8 out of 9. 
my catcher and ask me for grades. <laughs> so you're, are you, you're doing a base 9 rating scale? For this match. Any particular reason? <laughs> Doesn't sound as funny to me. <laughs> okay, okay, you know what? I'm gonna give you a very specific scale. Oh no. You're not my doll. Not yet. On a scale <laughs> of 1... Being one kick in the nuts to five being the number of uncounted seconds that Eddie Kingston had Miro pinned, what would you give this? Give it a four and a half. Okay. Thank you. You now have to come up with an equally absurd scheme for me to use. <laughs> oh no. And I I'm am... We're going to do this for the rest of the card, and I am blatantly stealing this from some dear friends of the show, Jazz and Love, on Kosher Queers. So thank you to Kosher Queers for this idea, which is from their segment, Rating God's Writing, where they give <laughs> the Parsha for that week a score on a random scale. Oh no, I'm not good at coming up with stuff on the fly. Yeah, you are. It's what this entire show is. <laughs> this feel I'm good at it. Okay, so from two, which is the number of matches Bryce Rampour has screwed up now mm -hmm. in the past two weeks, to ten, which is just a fun round number. Ten, the most drug-addicted member of the Dark Order. <laughs> On a scale of 2 to 10, I'll give this one an 8. Okay. Yeah, it, it wasn't quite a perfect match, but... Oh. The next one's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be good. And, and when I say that, like, I mean, like, it's not a perfect match because it wasn't supposed to be. The heel won. The heel cheated. We hate seeing that. Mm-hmm. But the next one where Eddie wins, that's going to be perfect. Okay, so our next match was Gian Moxley versus Brendan Satoshi Kojima. You said Mox, I said Kojima, just to be contra contrarian. And which of us was right? Cat was right. But which of us was excited to be right? I mean, we both were? Which of us popped bigger for what happened oh. after the match? <laughs> okay, we'll get to that in a second. So, John Moxley and Satoshi Kojima gave a very New Japan match. It was very much a strong style match. Lots of strikes, lots of really heavy movement, you know? Very, like... That he has fun, yes. It felt very... Much like each strike was had like a lot of weight behind it. It felt mm -hmm. like it was emulating a shoot wrestling match while still yeah. maintaining that air of performance that or like the artistic air that comes with a 
good wrestling match. Yes. It was the kind of thing that John Moxley has gone on record saying that he just loves to put on. And I love watching him do it. <laughs> it worked out to be a really good match. Mm -hmm. Like Kojima mm -hmm. getting that really big superplex and then the DDT on the ring apron. Yeah. Uh, you had that in your mind for a second. Like he could actually win this. He could keep going. Mm -hmm. It was just such a good back and forth. Like bam, 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 bam. And like just the the strikes were so stiff that both mm -hmm. of these dudes were like the color of this envelope that I happen to have right here. <laughs> yeah, they're both welting up really good. This tomato pin cushion that I have. Don't ask why I have a tomato pin cushion. Okay, I won't. Good. Thank you. Thank you for respecting my wishes. Okay. So, Mox manages to eat to hit two consecutive paradigm shifts to earn mm -hmm. what is what can only be described as a grueling victory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's very good. It's a tomato. Tomatoes not a berry. Aren't they? No. I hear a new tomato definition every six Hold months, on. so I just stop caring. Hold on. They might be berries. Vegetable to berry. Yeah, no, eggplants, tomatoes, avocados are all technically berries. Strawberries are not berries. Yeah. I don't think... Are cherries berries? Yes. The okay. definition of a berry means that the seeds, or seed, is on the inside. Okay. So peppers are berries. Okay, as we were saying... So after the match, Mox is doing his celebration, it's... getting ready to mm -hmm. leave. And, and then he gets cut off. Some music hits. Aaron, what music is it? It's a lovely little tune called Kaze Ninare. Yes, and... <laughs> The entire crowd sings along with Kaze Ninare after completely, to. completely ignoring Kojima's music and the chant that he did at the start of the match. Yeah. It was That's... rough. So, okay. The AEW fans, at least in intentions, are very much American wrestling fans. They know of big name Japanese wrestlers or big mm -hmm. name Jap or uh, Mexican wrestlers and whatnot, but they don't know them. They know of them. They don't. They don't tend to watch. Right. Okay. So here's the thing. How did they know the lyrics to Kazaninare then? Because literally everyone knows that. Because <laughs> if you don't, <laughs> then Murder Grandpa will live up to his name on you. Because, like, JR was fucking terrified of him. <laughs> it's like, I mean, we, we gotta get out of here, guys. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And it's... I jumped out of my chair. I'm pretty sure it's actually broken now. Mm -hmm. It was 
Oh, oh my god, it was fucking mind blowing when fucking Minoru Suzuki comes out to beat the shit out of John Moxley. Oh yeah, they, they exchange forearms and clotheslines, and he just chokes Mox out and puts him on a gotch pile driver. Mm-hmm. That gotch <laughs> style pile be. driver just—it's the thing that. He got beat by last time they wrestled, too. So we're hinting at... <gasps> surprise, surprise! John Moxley is going to wrestle Minoru Suzuki in... On, on Dynamite, was it? Yeah, in Dynamite in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, John Moxley's hometown. Where, which we will get to later, because we still have to talk about... The incident. Suzuki incident. The Suzuki incident. It was a so yeah, that was it was a it was a good finish to a very good strong style match. Yes, I could not have asked for more out of that whole segment. I don't know that there could be more out of that. <laughs> no. So our next <laughs> match, our next match is the AEW Women's World Championship. Between Chris Statlander and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I'm sorry, DM. <laughs> For those of you listening, I just booped my nose after the second D after, on the th on the second D because of a thing that happened in this match. <laughs> Where Britt tries to do her typical DMD bullshit, and Chris Statlander grabs her wrist and makes her boop himself, boop herself in the nose. Yep. Because that's Chris Statlander's thing is making people boop themselves. I miss when they used to sell that it would wipe your mind for a minute. Yeah, like bring that back. Let Chris Statlander have alien powers. She's not just a human. She's an alien. Mm -hmm. And Abaddon's a zombie. Mm -hmm. Let that there be fun. whimsy in wrestling. So yeah, no, like, Chris Statlander did some really great stuff. It felt like she kind of overwhelmed early on. Britt Baker obviously being the... Queener? No, she's a heel. Being the popular heel that she is, yeah, the crowd like pulls her into being a tweener. I'm pretty sure I went on this rant before. Yes, she's got like heat shine. Yeah, it's the same thing another guy has that we'll get to later. So, Doctor, the Doctor manages to fight back and. Chris Statlander misses an Area 451 splash. Mm-hmm. Which we haven't talked about, but that is the perfect name for the 450 splash done by an alien. Yep. And then there's a moment where, surprise of surprises, Orange Cassidy gets loud yeah, and yells at Chris Statlander, Get back up! Get back in the ring! Yeah, no, like, the, Stat is on the outside getting counted out. 
and I think they're up to like six or seven. And Orange is just beside himself trying to figure out what to do here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then just out of nowhere, Stat, get back in the ring! <laughs> oh, it's just like... A fired up I... Orange Cassidy is a thing of beauty. And honestly, that is a great metaphor for this show as a whole. Mm-hmm. And that you just can't stay calm during it. This is a hell of a show. So, with the Pittsburgh Sunrise and uh, a stomp, Britt Baker's able to lock in the lockjaw and takes the match. Hey, Aaron, I think you thought you got away with it. We're going to have to do two match ratings now. Oh, no. Aaron, let's start with the one we talked about most recently. Um, on a scale of one to thirty-two for the number of teeth an adult human has, I'm sorry. On a scale of four to thirty-two, four okay. being the number of wisdom teeth you have, thirty-two being the number of adult teeth you have. What would you give Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander? Four to thirty-two. Let's go with a twenty-eight. I was thinking twenty-eight too. Goodness. Okay. <laughs> Glad we agreed. Mm-hmm. So for John Moxley and Sadoshi Kajima, on a scale of three to three point one six. Okay. What's the meaning? Was three to pi. I believe you mean three point one four one five nine two six. Is it? I, yeah. Yes. Listen, I failed math. On a scale of three to pi. Yes, I, I should have just said pi. Let's be honest. Um, I give that match a three point one repeating. Okay. I'll give it a three. I get to decide your oh. scale. No, you went with your own scale last time. No, I didn't. Yeah, you said you said twenty-eight on your scale. Yes, but I I was thinking a twenty-eight. That's not my actual answer to the question that you were supposed to ask me about that match. So ask me, what scale are you using for Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander? Wait, I ask you what you're using? At, no, ask me, based on a scale of your choice, what I rate that match. So on a scale of 1 to 5 Meltzer stars. On <laughs> a scale of 1 to 5 Meltzer stars, I give that 4 and a quarter. Okay. On a scale of 0 to... The wind will blow. <laughs> what did you give that? What do you give Moxley versus Kojima? Uh, I'm sorry, at a scale of... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's re revise oh this. On a scale of a windless day <laughs> to Kazeninare, what do you give this? Or give this one Kazeninare. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. Next match. Oh my god. Our next match is a 
steel cage match for the AEW Tag Team Championship between the Lucha Bros, Cero Miedo, versus the Young Bucks. They don't have a thing. Fuck the Young Bucks. We got one of those chants during this match. <laughs> so, the Lucha Bros come out into the arena with these dancers, with uh, Mikey Ruckus rapping their theme music. There's a whole big to-do. And then they come out in these gorgeous traditional Mexican headdresses mm -hmm. that just sold the whole thing for me. The way that they came out is like, okay, there is no doubt in my mind that these men are winning the titles tonight. It was just such a good entrance. Like a world-class oh, yeah. entrance. Yeah, it's not the kind of thing you give to the people who are going to lose. <laughs> it's like when... It was, in a lot of ways, reminiscent of the way that, like, it felt like a WrestleMania entrance. Yeah. You know, like the time when uh, Nakamura had the person with the electric violin playing his music? I can't remember the mm -hmm. name of the song. But it's the one that everyone sings because it's a damn good song. His uh, babyface song. Yes. People try to sing the heel one, but it's really hard. Yes. Aitsu has given you a free scale for you oh, to good. use when I asking me about this match. <laughs> <laughs> so this was just incredible match. Like, the thing <sighs> about the... So, like, tag team wrestling in an effort to build the story. Tag team wrestling, in an effort to maintain momentum in a match, relies on the hot tag. It relies on groundwork. It relies on limited use of duo moves. Mm-hmm. And the cage takes all of that away. Yeah, they can't go outside. They can't get any tags. They've got this structure limiting how far and how high they can go on anything they have planned and they didn't even make that much use of the cage they were very sparing with it mm -hmm. they used it effectively very effectively yes like right at the start there was a couple spots like as soon as the bell rang the bucks ran up the cage which is confusing because it's not a get out of the cage match in AEW, the cage is actually to keep you together. <laughs> you don't win by being a coward. Correct. <laughs> but, like, the way that this match played out was storybook. It was, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like, textbook. The way that the beats happened right at the same way that they would with a typical tag match, the way that yep. they managed to work in the pop that you get from a hot tag while every man was legal in basically a four-man clusterfuck. Yep. Ray Phoenix 
by himself making a comeback after a brutal assault on Penta. Mm-hmm. Just, they, it, they got everything that makes tag team wrestling good. Mm-hmm. And they introduced some bullshit. Of course, it's the Young Bucks. Where would they be without bullshit? Uh, not tag team champions, I'll tell you that. Well, they also had bullshit in this match, and surprise of surprises, they're no longer tag team champions. <laughs> so yeah, Brendan Cutler was given... Okay, this was just in BT, in a very kayfabe segment, they, they even said so when they were filming it, <laughs> was given a bag that he was to throw in when Matt Jackson told him to. And so he hucks this bag 20 feet over the cage into the middle of the ring, a very good throw. Good on Brandon. Mm-hmm. It was... And in... Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, it was impressively well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And inside the bag was a single Jordan, a shoe, with thumbtacks on it. Just chock-a-block of thumbtacks. Oh god! Like I saw this thing. He's like, he's not gonna wear that the rest of the match, is he? That's gonna fuck up his ankle trying to not bend all of that or pierce the canvas. It was, it was great because we got to see the full blown blood pervert Matt Jackson come out. Yep, cat's favorite shoe. kind. It was, it was great. Oh man. And yeah, he put on that shoe and he started super kicking everyone. Also, I do want to note that the um the current sale price for the Travis Scott Jordan ones that they used for the thumbtacks. Mm-hmm. The last one that sold as of last week, thirty five hundred dollars. I don't get shoes. Neither do I, but the Young Bucks clearly do. Yeah, there's a lot of guys in AEW who like spending their money on new shoes, and it's like, good for them. It's their money. They can do whatever they want with it. I don't get it. <laughs> like, at least with the Bucks, I guess, they work that into their story. So, it's almost like a work expense at that point, but still, whatever. <laughs> so, so, yeah. It was, it was great. The Lucha Brothers get all bloodied and beaten and their masks get torn. Yep. And it just, like, it was creative. It was fast. It was brutal. It was so good. It was what you didn't know you wanted this match to be. Because I'm sure when we all thought about the match, like, Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros in a cage, like, they're basically going to be Spider-Man in this whole thing, right? Nope. No. They worked center of the ring, and it was amazing. <laughs> there was one spot where um, Phoenix does climb up onto the top of the cage to try to mm -hmm. hit a move from the top of the cage, but he is stopped by, I want to say it's Nick, but I don't remember. One of the Young Bucks. 
So yeah, they they, they hit a uh, a fear factor in the ring and get a two out of it. So they decide, well, we got to go a step ahead. Phoenix goes up the cage. Nick goes up to beat him and gets kicked back off. Phoenix does this little like run between the uh the cables holding the cage where he's like do 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 ah! <laughs> take the one inside. Yeah. He he's so freaking agile, I don't get it. It's <laughs> Yeah. I mean, okay, we're not even talking about the best part yet, but Matt <laughs> Jackson got hit with an avalanche Canadian destroyer. Oh god. Yeah, Kenta was up on the top rope. Matt comes up, gets bent over, and he just takes a, a top rope canister that screws up his neck. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can see it as it's happening. He lands and just keeps going horizontally. <laughs> so that's a rough one. Uh, so they, after the fear factor in the top cage spot, Phoenix. Soars off the top and hits a splash on all three of them. They do a very good job of catching him. Yep. And then Penta rolls over and they get the double pinfall after a spike pile driver. Bing, bang, boom. Game over. Young Bucks lose. Congratulations, new champions, the Lucha Brothers. And after the match, they did this little visual thing that I loved so much where they had the camera on the cage door because there is still one you can still get out mm -hmm. technically and the young bucks are crawling out of the cage and then it lifts so the lucha bros can just walk out and that was just... a very good oh. visual <laughs> I, I, I love that <laughs> it was <laughs> so <laughs> So. I basically think that might be the match of the year. Honestly, yeah. It's definitely the tag match of the year mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. this year's marquees, which are coming up. I need to add more things to the list. <laughs> I don't know if I could have ever dreamed of it being that good. Oh, we forgot the most emotional spot. Oh. When like Matt... When Matt Jackson puts on the spike shoe, he's got Phoenix lined up for a super kick to the head with a spiked shoe. And mm -hmm. Penta slides in and puts his arms out in the very anime hero pose. No, kick me instead. Yep. I'm going to save my little brother. And it's just like... <laughs> there are so few times that I can think of... Wrestling is anime, like, most of the time. Oh, yeah. But that is the most anime spot that I have seen in a really long time. Yep. It, in the same company as Kenny Omega, that is the most anime you get. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyways. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so, Aaron. So, Kat. On a scale of zero fear... To the 217 thumbtacks that I counted on the bottom of Matt Jackson's shoe while we were talking about this match. What do you give this match? Oh, I want to give it 217 thumbtacks. 
like honestly that might be as close to a perfect match as you get i know mm -hmm. we said the same thing last year with revolution with the bucks and hangman and omega i think this might so we actually let's talk about <laughs> yeah. that because what we did is we watched all we watched the three like most classic young bucks versus matches that we could think of right, we rewatched the young bucks versus the lucha brothers from all out then we watched the young bucks versus hangman and kenny omega and then we watched the young bucks versus the golden lovers yep like in sequence one after the other just to try to remove recency bias and make sure that we were assessing it qualitatively rather than based on our feelings in the moment. Yes. I think the match that was put on between the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks here was the best of those matches. Okay. I think the emotional storytelling of the Young Bucks versus Hang Mega was unique and not surpassed by any of those other matches. Yes. This was an incredible wrestling match with good moments, but it didn't have the depth of story. No. It had very good storytelling in the moment, but it didn't have the storylines going into it. It didn't have the emotional gravitas, it didn't have the moment where they hit Penny with the move that he did with his boyfriend. <laughs> and then he angrily kicks out at one. They did try to do that move, though. And mm -hmm. they broke their knees doing it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, it's just... It's something else. Yeah. Aaron, what's the scale you're giving me? So, on a scale of zero fear to okay. fake Jordans. Okay, so assuming the fake Jordans... They might still... possibly re be real Jordans, we're not I really sure. I think they're real. The Young Bucks have that kind of money. <laughs> they always pay above sticker price. Yeah. They just don't care about money. So I'm just gonna price these J's out at a uh, low price, thirty-two hundred bucks. So let's just say okay. thirty-two twenty-two. Okay. I give this a thirty-two twenty. Okay. It was by far the best match of the night. Yeah, and that's saying something from some of my reactions. <laughs> There were so many. There was a lot that happened tonight. <laughs> so good. Okay. So let's talk about what happened during the Women's Casino Battle Royale. And because how it was an amazing event. It was amazing. There's always a wild card in these things. The Joker, if you will. Yes. So, the the match starts out with the clubs 
Hikarushida, Sky Blue, Emi Sakura, The Bunny, and Abaddon. So there's like a there's some fun moments and everything like that. They're like it's it's a battle royale. People get eliminated. Shida and Emmy actually go right for each other here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Teacher and student trying to show up each other. That was very cool to, to catch a glimpse of. Uh, then we have Anna J, who is as we know back. Yes. Kiara Hogan, Kylan King, Diamante, and Nyla Rose. Anna and the bunny go right after each other. Oh yeah, definitely. Like you, you could see that coming a mile away. Anna just charged straight into the ring for her. Kara mm-hmm. uh, Hogan gets eliminated very quickly before they have a chance to do a we're in a relationship spot with Diamante. Yeah, that would have been very cool. That but... would have been very cute, but like, I don't know that AEW does a ton of fan service for the queers. I don't even know if that's fan service. I, I I just like seeing people happy. It's a little fan service Okay, that's fair. Like the having two of your queer wrestlers who are in a relationship have a spot together is a little fan service Maybe I'm too gay where the idea of two women in a relationship isn't immediately sexual and fan service to me. <laughs> oh, no, no, see, when I, when I talk about fan service, I don't mean anime fan service. Okay. That's I don't mean where inherently I sexual. I mean, like, it is... In a sense, fan service can be defined as got to give the people what they want. Well, in that case, I love doing that. Yes. Except I don't know that they do that with their queer wrestler. Yeah. Which, like, you know, still, kudos to them for having so many queer people employed. But, you know. So the next group is Thunder Rosa, Penelope Ford, Riho, Jamie Hayter, and Big Swole. Big Swole is who I was hoping would win. Big Swole, who is still one of my favorite wrestlers in AEW. Oh, easily. Her recent feud with Diamante on Dark has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the... The... What was it? The fucking... Three... Balls three match. Balls. Yeah. That was really fun. Yeah. Uh, th- This just, like... This played out like a really, really, really good battle royale. There's no, like, other way to describe that. I don't remember exactly who got eliminated when. The spades come out. It's Ty Conti, Red Velvet, Legit Layla Hirsch, Jade Cargill, and Rebel. <laughs> now, I do like how they did something here where they had, like, a B-plot running throughout mm-hmm. the Battle Royal. Because you have the Battle Royal itself, and then you have this plot of the bunny and Anna Jay and Penelope Ford, and Ty Conte, and the feud that they've had going on, and how they come out in different groups. Right. And finally, Ty makes the save. I appreciate I how they did that. the double-sided tape and the nipple covers that saved Jade Cargill. <laughs> I know Jade does, too. She's talked about it. <laughs> Jade was having some wardrobe issues. They happen, you know. They happen. Uh, You know, that's why you make sure you cover up. Mm Mm-hmm. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. 
she's a pro. She did what she did. <laughs> but then, surprise of surprises. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. AEW is very good at crushing fake rumors and very bad at crushing real ones. Yes. So people were chanting her name before she came out. Mhm. Mm I was chanting her name before she came out. So fucking music hits. The crowd goes crazy. I go crazy. Like, I don't know. Uh, like, I left my chair three times through this event. <laughs> it's just... That's fair. It, who, like, I guess the AEW universe loves Rancid for some reason? I mean, you know what? They, they've had some longevity to them. They're kind of, like... There's multiple generations of people who heard them when they're still relevant, so... It's true. I think the song was in Guitar Hero. I believe so. And, you know, and they're big wrestling fans, too. Well, that I didn't know. Yeah, well, I mean... How do you think she got the song? <laughs> what? I thought they were just playing Rancid for fun. No. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I wanna, I wanna be clear. It was in both Rock Band Two and Guitar Hero Five. Oh, okay. That's interesting, actually. Yes. So yes, our Joker for this event was Ruby Soho. I marked out like fuck. Yep. Everyone. I mean, like it was exciting. She was. She was. She great. looked amazing. She looked amazing. She came out. She kicked ass. There's a huge battle between her and Thunder Rosa. Oh my god! They got to the outside of the ring, and they're like, you remember at the last battle world when you had Christian and Jungle Boy's last competitors? Yes. And they eventually got to the outside where they went back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Ruby and Thunder Rosa just kind of jumped out there and started going. <laughs> it was it was such a good segment. And it was such a, like, yeah, no, no, and like, you're not sure who to root for because you love Thunder Rosa. But you also really want Ruby Soho to win in her debut. I mean, I knew who I was cheering for. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> and, like, I'm at the point where I'm like, it's gotta be Ruby. It's gotta be Ruby. So she manages to kick Thunder Rosa and knock her down to the floor. We were like, briefly, we considered what if they both hit at the same time? What if it's a double DQ? What if it's a this or what if it's a that? What if and then they set up a contrived. some kind of con contrived finish so that they set up a real, like, actual one on one match for this, but they didn't. Ruby Soho wins it clean, and then she scoots back into the ring to have her hand raised. And who is waiting there? But Bryce, if that is his real name, Remsburg. Oh my god. With the cutest and sweetest moment I've seen in wrestling in a very long time. Yeah, there was a gif going all over Twitter for like a week. 
of just Ruby looking up going, hi, Bryce, and hugging him. And it's just like, oh, that, that's what I love. Uh, now, for those of you without the context of having been in the Polycule chat and watched <laughs> the various... Most people who listen to this. <laughs> yep. And having watched the various matches that we've recommended of hers, uh, Ruby Soho, at the time Heidi Lovelace, was very big in Chikara. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's where she, <laughs> that's where she got her start. Where a certain Bryce Rebsberg was head referee. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a very heartfelt reunion for them after she had gone to WWE and everything like that. And like now they're back and you know, Bryce is doing cool things and she's doing cool things. It was just like one of those really yeah. genuine moments. Like there's 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 those like genuine moments of like shoot joy that happen in wrestling Mm -hmm. that make wrestling just that much more compelling. And this was one of them. It was one of those, like, oh, my heart moments. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, like, a couple days ago, actually, Bryce put up a picture of himself and a bunch of people who worked there and how, like, there's a big group of them back together now in AEW, and it's mm -hmm. just so heartwarming. That was like yesterday he put that picture up. Yeah. Be careful of the discourse that has now sprung up around that. Because, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I'm not surprised, but I didn't want to believe that. Uh, but yeah. anyway, uh, a, a very good professional wrestler was in New Jersey and filmed a uh, dark match. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that on Monday or Tuesday this week. Do you think they still bill him as a very good professional wrestler? So I've heard a couple people mention the name Avery Good. <laughs> Not sure how I feel about that. I will see how the match goes. I would love to hear Excalibur. Have to say comment. a very good professional wrestler in full. Yes, it's like, that would be a dream come true, actually. <laughs> I would like Taz to have to say it, too. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Aaron, on a scale of 1 to 2 minutes and 30... On a scale of 0 to 2 minutes and 37 seconds, the full length of Ruby Soho, <laughs> what do you give this match? I'm going to give it uh, 5 minutes and 14 seconds so I can listen to it again. Interesting. I think that means you rated this more highly than the Young Bugs versus the Lucha Brothers. <laughs> Probably, but I was really looking forward to Ruby Solo in this. Okay. Lucha Brothers was still the better match, but this is what I really popped for. All right. Good is good. Oh my god. I do. <laughs> How Eric. would you rate this on a scale of... Erica's the one who said Avery Good is very good. Oh. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen, I get my partners mixed up sometimes. <laughs> okay. On a scale of... 
on a scale of this match has one. a very good built-in rating system that you can give it based on the number of participants. On a scale of 1 to 22, which was the number of minutes this match went. Oh. I don't know, like a 15? Okay. It was fine. Yeah. Okay, our next match. Oh. Uh -huh. Chris Jericho versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman. One day. And yeah, one day before Rosh Hashanah. Uh. Okay. I will talk positively of this match. This was the best sports entertainment match I've seen in a long time. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I. I'm definitely saying like this was not a professional wrestling match per se in the context of the rest of the professional wrestling show but as a sports entertainment match this is really good. Okay, I will accept that this was a good sports entertainment match. Yes. It was a there was a lot of good stuff, enjoyable stuff that happened here. Mm-hmm. It was a fine match, and I was really, really, really excited for the false finish. Yep. When MJF hits a Judas effect. And a pins, very well done yes, Judas effect. And pins Chris Jericho. Except that Jericho had his foot on the rope, and referee Aubrey Edwards did not see that foot, so she counted Jericho out. One, mm -hmm. two, three. And who but that asshole, Paul Turner, comes over and says, uh-uh-uh, his foot was on the rope. Yeah, and Aubrey's like, was it there the whole time? <laughs> and he's like, yup, it was there the whole time. And, and she's like, alright, I gotta restart the match. Yeah, as the ref, that is her prerogative to do. It is interesting to note, though, that Aubrey wasn't fucking over Jericho in this match. Like, in a lot of the calls throughout, like, making breaks or doing counts to the outside, Aubrey was really lenient with Jericho. As right, opposed she to MJF. counted that three count very slowly. Mm-hmm. It was very much... Not the kind of ref spot where you have the blatant heel ref, like in Triple A at Triple Mania. My <laughs> no. favorite ref in the business. This is <laughs> not red suspenders. <laughs> Evil red shoes, whatever we call them. <laughs> I don't remember my exact reactions because, as with every wrestling event that I watch, I was high. But Aitsu says that I had very good reactions to this match. Yeah, once they restarted, MJF immediately went in for a salt of the earth, and I think we were both screaming at it, tap bitch. Oh, that's right, I did scream tap bitch at Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually very on brand for me. Yep. We had a lot of oh. fun with that. But yeah, he does put MJF into the Lion Tamer. Not quite the walls of Jericho, but definitely Lion Tamer. 
and MJF does tap. And we have Jericho now feuding with what's his name from America's Top Team. Something, I don't something. Care. We these, I guess. I feel bad for Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page because both of them are great and they're paired with this shitty MMA dude. Yeah. Okay. Poor Egon. I take a lot of piss about wrestling, whether it be saying I really hope CM Punk doesn't show up to, to a big reveal event <laughs> or fuck the Young Bucks and everything about them. Like, I'm being sarcastic when I do that. I don't care about this America Top Team thing. <laughs> I just want it off my screen. And now that yeah, Jericho's basically. involved, I double want it off my screen. Basically, yes. It's the pee break match. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, because I love Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Yeah. It <sighs> is what it is. they're not even talking during this. Which is their best... That's what they do best. They're so much fun when they're engaged and on the mic. Yeah. They're such assholes. So, Aaron, on a scale of one, one being the number of baseball bats involved in this match, mm -hmm. to six for the number of points on a mug and David, how do you rate <laughs> Jericho versus MJF? I'll honestly give it a four. Okay. That's it was a where very was watchable too. match. I ended up getting very. Very drawn into it. I mean, I did scream tap bitch at Chris Jericho. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. So yeah, no, that that's that's fair. Aaron, what's my scale? Well, I, I was going to do one to whatever the number of Slammy Awards Jericho won, but I can't find that number. <laughs> so, okay. On a scale of one to 36. With 36. the number of titles Jericho has held over his career. Okay. I don't know, like, uh, eight? Okay, yeah. I think that lines up pretty well with what I said. Yeah, it's like a, that's like a solid C+. Yeah. Okay, our next match. So, Larry, a.k.a. Phil, a.k.a. CM Punk. Phil got them long very... boys now. He's got long boys now. They don't look right. No, they don't. <laughs> he should be in shorties. <laughs> But he doesn't look like he's lost much of a step in that ring. No. It is very refreshing to see him there, back, and doing such amazing things in the ring. It sucks that the first thing he did was with a piece of shit like Darby Allen. Yeah. But um, now we can move on from that, and he can get onto better feuds. Yeah. Um, like Team Taz. <laughs> Team Taz is going to be a good feud for him. Send Hook. The movie from 92? <laughs> On a scale, without going into too much detail, on a scale of 1 to 7, 7 being the number of years that Punk didn't wrestle, <laughs> what do you give this match? For Phil and no one else. I'll give it Phil a six. Okay. You know, That's like, fair. He didn't get blown up. He might have been a little bit off on a couple spots. But you know what? He's coming in smart as ever. Mm -hmm. And I really look forward to him in coming, in coming matches. All right, Aaron, what's my scale? 
Okay. From a scale of one to six. Six being the number of lost boys who are named in Peter Pan. But what about the number of lost boys who are named in Hook? I don't want to look that up. Is Rufio? Oh, we don't have time for this, cat. There's a thud butt. Um, Honestly, I want to watch Hook sometime. Yes, I just don't I remember. I actually the... do like that movie. Okay, so on a scale of one to two, two being the number of Corys in The Lost Boys. <laughs> I give this match a solid, a, a solid Corey Haim. Okay. Uh, and then we came <laughs> to our palate cleanser match. Was that not a good rating scale? Yes, I'm just going to keep going, though. <laughs> In our palate cleanser match, In our Paul White match. and QT Marshall. Honestly, you didn't have time. It was three minutes. It was... Paul White did Paul White things. He came out and I was like, well, and then the match was over. Yep. Gun Club didn't run in, though. Like, they finally did something interesting with them and then not. So I was like, yep. I don't. Okay, cool. He is absolutely better used backstage, just like QT Marshall. Yep. Honestly, I. I liked this match more than I thought I would. It was actually really fun after the high intensity night it had been. To just have like one quick little squash to just yeah push to to like subdue things so people had a moment to take a breath mm -hmm. because we needed a breath for the match that would come up next. Yes, that's exactly it. So, on a scale of one to 49, 49 being how old Paul White is. Uh, we'll do a 23. That's generous. I go with like 17. Okay. And then, Our main now we're going tonight. to do this as two separate ratings. Yes, we have to. Honestly, maybe even three. Okay, I'm good with three. So, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the AEW World Heavyweight Ship. Uh, yeah, you know, if you saw the Cage versus Kenny match on Rampage a few weeks ago, you kind of knew what you're getting into with this one, just turned up more for the pay-per-view. Yes. It was very much a Christian Cage styled and delivered match there's absolutely nothing wrong with that no it made him it made him the name he he is known as now in tna so definitely main event caliber and lots of interference the getting to hit the one-winged angel was always great Mm-hmm. and it was just a fun match for kenny win to set yep. up what's coming next oh my goodness so Aaron on a scale of one to four four being the number of V triggers that executed in this match what do you give this match I'll give it a two and a half okay uh what's my scale on a scale of zero 
to one. One being the number of matches that Christian Cage had in that promotion that Don Callis ran and then got rid of him from. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I give this like seven as a match. Okay. Point seven five. So of course that wasn't the end of our night. It ended oh, pretty. Oh, of course not. That ended very quickly. Yeah. It, it was a twenty-minute match, but they still had lots of time on the clock. So Kenny grabs a mic. He brings all of this super elite back down. The mm -hmm. young bucks are hobbling, and they start talking a bunch of shit. Kenny specifically talks about how there's no one that could beat him who is either with this company or is currently alive. And the lights drop. And they come back on. And it's Adam Cole, baby! With his fucking... It's all about the boom! That's such a good fucking song. Adam Cole, baby. The boom is deafening. Yeah. The Adam Cole, baby. Deafening. So yeah, Adam Cole comes comes out and he walks right up. And he to looks, the lead. looks at Kenny like, fucking kill you just like you killed me on BTE. Yep. And then... Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and Christian Cage, who were all there getting beat up before, mm -hmm. start standing up. And I think I'm going to rewind a bit here, actually. Because you see, Adam Cole, when he came out, came through the heel tunnel wearing orange and black Jordans, which he then immediately put into Jungle Boy's face. Mm-hmm. After Jungle Boy... Yeah, so the, the Super Elite celebrates, and Kenny thinks, this case says, this guy's my best friend, did you really think he was going to attack me? Yep. It's like, oh, and I'm saying, like, oh, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed, but this makes complete sense, and you know what? It's Adam Cole, completely just... unannounced. I'm okay with what's happening here. I'm so happy with what's happening here. The moment that I think might have killed friend of the show and former guest host... Charlie was when the Young Bucks smooched him. Yep. Yeah, just <laughs> real quick. Uh, it was. Uh. So Kenny's like, well, with all, with all that and all those surprises so, out so of the way. Mm -hmm. Real quick, Adam Cole's appearance completely unannounced, supposedly signed that day. You know, on a scale of one to. Four, four being the current members of the Super Click. Four. Yeah, okay. Four. It's a four. On a scale of... On a scale of 0, 0. 0.0 degrees north and 0. 0.0 degrees west to 43.8791 degrees north and 103.4591 degrees west... What do you give this segment? Um, the good one. <laughs> oh. I'll just give it the good one. <laughs> I, I do want to be clear that that is the coordinates of Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Which a certain Kevin Owens tweeted out after this pay-per-view. 
because you know they lost track of his contract too apparently which is running up in january like oh what the fuck is happening at wwe okay i'll be honest i'm kind of surprised that some of the people they've let go if they let kevin owens go i don't even know anymore <laughs> kevin owens will do anything you want i can well, do so anything here's you the want. thing wwe has to make it worth your while to stay yep for the first time in a very long time contract renegotiation stars wrestlers have leverage yep and w dynamite beat raw this week in the demo the 18 to 49 the one that every cable organization looks at for anything there is a very legitimate alternative these days. And WWE just isn't offering good enough. Mm-hmm. Hope they turn that around. I hope so, too. I honestly do. Like, NXT 2.0 does not seem like the right move, but I hope they do. Yeah. We're not talking about that. We got one more segment left. So Kenny starts his typical, so I must bid you adieu, goodbye, Mwah. and good night. Some fucking Nazi music starts playing. <laughs> it's Flay the Valkyries. Yeah, it's Wagner. A Nazi! Oh, okay. I thought it was earlier than that. Nope. It's Wagner. Oh, I'm I'm upset now. Oh, anyway, in the span of five minutes, we it... get Adam Coldbaby and the American Dragon motherfucking Brian Danielson. Actually, the American Dragon coming down... The whole crowd is doing yes chants. He can't. <laughs> That's part of an old character. So he's still running down sideways down the ramp, but he can't chant along with them. And it looks like he really wants to. <laughs> oh, we've got the whole yes, 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 yes happening. And despite how fucking loud the pops had been, mm -hmm. the Adam Cole baby, the boom. The fucking pop for Ruby Soho. The pop for Phil. Yep. Hitting the GTS. This might have been nothing. the loudest. They were nothing by comparison. The, 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 however many people they sold out to. 15,000 is what I think the, the number was. 15,000 people chanting yes at the top of their lungs in unison Ugh. and it was perfect so i remember when we were talking about uh, cm punk coming back i was saying like i was never a big punk fan myself like i definitely saw what other people saw in him but you know just wasn't quite for me i was a danielson fan <laughs> yeah no there's <laughs> absolutely no way to not be a Danielson fan? The, the guy comes in and kicks people's fucking heads in. Like, I could not be a... F How could I not be a fan of that? 
And this was the third point in the show where I actually jumped out of my chair and it might actually be broken. <laughs> I I probably should look into a new chair right now. <laughs> On a scale of let's say 1850 to 1869. Nice. The two years in which Wagner's incredibly anti-Semitic treatise on Das Judenheim in der Musik was published once with the pseudonym and once under his real name. Oh, jeez. What do you keep this moment? 1869? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, cat. <laughs> Aaron? On a scale of one to yes, 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 yes. I give yes. that a yes. Good, we're not team hell no on this channel. So... <laughs> wow. And What a pay-per-view. And, like, it didn't even end there. Because we've had two weeks of Danielson calling out Kenny, P Kenny Omega now. And on Wednesday this week, he... Attacked his ego just enough to get a mm -hmm. non-title Uh oh, did we lose Aaron? No. I don't think so. You I'm briefly sorry. glitched for a moment. Oh, okay. There. What was the last time? You, what was the last thing you heard? Attacked his ego enough that we got a non-title sh. We got a non-title match at the Grand Slam show in Arthur Ashe Stadium next week, and. Holy shit, I've been looking forward to this for years. I hope they arm wrestle. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't be surprised. That would be a fun spot for them to do again. Yes. Everything set, everything all said and done now. What do you give that pay-per-view? And let me come up with a scale for you. For paper. Oh my god. On a scale of zero... To 10,126 fans chanting, yes, yes, yes. What do you give this pay-per-view? I give it the 220,000, the maximum estimate of pay-per-view buys chanting, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, what's my scale for the whole pay-per-view? I'm just going to give you a 1 to 10. <laughs> Because I can't think of any more. Okay, that's fair. Uh, like a nine and a half, probably. Okay. Just, there were some moments that were not so great. I don't think they gave enough, as always, enough time or attention to the women's matches. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they were going to have Ruby Soho debut on a buy-in originally. Yeah, that seems very ill-conceived. At the same time, like, seeing Adam Cole and Brian Danielson and Ruby Soho <laughs> debuting, like, I'm very biased in my score here. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. So anyway, wow. All that in mind, Volleyball Boys. Guys, if you haven't watched Haikyuu, Go out of your way to watch this anime. I have never seen a more perfect anime. It has everything. The main character is an Omega. You don't need to know any more about it. It's perfect. <laughs> watch Haikyuu, please. 
That is my pitch for you. Aaron, what's the recommendation this week? Uh, the recommendation is go back and watch All Out again. So, with all that said, I think it's time to send you home happy, which is, as you know, what I am well known for doing. So, I will, much like Kenny did, bid you adieu and say, be gay, crimes. Bye. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at S-O-S-E-S dot C-A. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. <laughs> nope, not even a, not even a titter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, less titters, please. <laughs> less of those, less of whatever that was. That abomination. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. It, it sounds like when they put a gnome on The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like... It sounds like a, a much more mild version of your witch laugh, which makes it creepier. You know what to do now, boy. Burn it down. Burn them all. <laughs>